Welcome to the Misfit Stars podcast. I'm Shannon Curtis. And I'm Jamie Hill. Hello, listeners. Hi, sweetheart. Hi, honey. Hi. Uh, We're so happy you're with us, people. Later on in this episode, uh, this is the last Misfit Stars podcast of the... 45th president of the United States era. Thank God. Don't even want to say his goddamn name. Seriously. Scumbag. (laughs) Later on in this episode, we're going to be talking about the end of said era. And, you know, good riddance, but also I think it's really important to, like, talk about it. Market. Yep. It is. I I have found it's really important for me personally to market. Yeah. For the same reason we have funerals. Yeah. (laughs) Put this goddamn thing in the ground, you move on with your life. Yeah. (sighs) Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So, uh, and by the way, not to, not, not to be uh, insensitive about funerals. Very important. Very moving. Love it. Of course, Love yes. flowers. Cremation. But big fan just, of all of it. Yeah. The, the, it's important to actually, like, intentionally turn the page. And that's what we're going to do. That's it. We're, we're going to also talk about some things that we hope for, for this next era yeah. as well. So, that's coming up later. Yes, it is. Uh, in the meantime, people, you should know this. Misfit Stars is a way in which our community supports the work that we, Shannon Curtis and Jamie Hill, do. Thank you, community. Thanks, people. Gosh, it means so much. It really does. It's quite literally in this, <laughs> in this time a lifesaver. It you is. Know? Uh, and you all have uh, given us the ability to pay what we do forward to an increasingly large number of other creative humans. It's true. It's really nifty. Uh, I have just picked up yet another mentee this week. Awesome. Yet another young woman who is interested in self-producing and self-recording on a teacher how to mix. Awesome. Because why the hell not? Because we need more young women empowered with engineering skills. Because you know it's been a sausage party. It has been. My, yeah. <laughs> my, my line of work is almost all dudes. Yeah. You know? Yeah, totally. We need to change that. It's a sausage party that breeds toxic masculinity. Yeah. And I'm referring to Phil Spector who just died last week. But Oh know? my gosh. <laughs> he did some really, really bad, inappropriate toxically yeah. male things. Imagine if Ronnie of Ronnie and the Ronettes could have just recorded and mixed her damn self. Yeah. This is why we need more women engineers yeah. and recordists and and mixers. Yeah, uh-huh. totally. Yeah. Uh, Phil Spector uh, <laughs> held Leonard Cohen at gunpoint in a recording studio. What? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Because, because Leonard Cohen was disagreeing with him about the way in which Phil Spector wanted to produce Leonard Cohen's album. Wow. Yeah. And lessons, lessons not to take from one of the most famous producers of the early rock and roll era. Yeah. Wow, that's wild. There are better ways to, to, to talk through how you feel. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> I mean, I don't I, know. I don't own I, a gun. I've never tried it. Maybe I, I should try yeah, it. I just feel... Every time we have a disagreement around the house, a gun comes out. No, Two goodness, guns. no. We should just have no, standoffs. We could do no. standoffs. Anti-gun forever and ever. Yeah. yeah. I just, we could laughing. do Nerf gun standoffs? I'm what laughing kind of standoffs? because I just feel like this is... A, Something that so many of our our fellow citizens could use a lesson in. Uh, there are better ways to talk things out. Yeah. For, for, for starters, talking. Yeah. That's one way. That's a good way. Anyway, we digress. Uh, we do. The point of all this, new people. New mentee. Yeah. Yes. The point of all this is you have to go to misfitstars.com slash join. Sign up. Yeah. You'll be helping support us do things we do in a way that's different from the way people like Phil Spector do things. Yeah. That was the point. That's the whole point. We try to do things well and equitably. Mm-hmm. Talking about feelings, mentoring young people. Yeah. You know, it's the good. good stuff. Yes. And you it, can help support that. Yes. Yeah, so uh, you'll be supporting this podcast. You'll mm-hmm. be supporting uh, the organization of the community of Misfit Stars, which, oh, my gosh, I love them so much. Um, And the the mentorship work, uh, so many things. Uh, And so misfitstars.com slash join. Yep. 
You want to be part of this group of people. Yeah. You really do. And also, those if of you who are already part of the group, thank you yeah. so freaking much. And also, if you're already part of the group, a thing you can do, uh-huh. and I'll just mention this because someone did this last week, you can just randomly sign into Patreon and you can increase the amount that you're supporting us. That was pretty awesome that that person did that. There's no rules. <laughs> you know, and it was great. They were supporting us at $8 a month before. Uh-huh. They decided to up it to 13 I love that. Do we have either an $8 level or a $13 level? No, we don't. <laughs> but they made one for themselves in both it. instances because that's where they felt they could best do what so, they needed to do. So good. You can do that too, people. So hey, you know, misfitstars.com slash level up if that's you. All right. Also, it takes you to the same places slash join. We just made a separate thing because it's fancy. It is. It that's is all. Fancy. Yeah. Uh, do you have any announcements, Shannon? Announcements, announcements, announcements. Oh, it ended kind of goofy. I like that. I was feeling a little goofy. You've been so feeling goofy all day. I appreciate that. <laughs> it's good. It's entertaining to you be know, around the house it's with. Been, it's been an edge of goofy and pissed. Like It's, it's so it's true. It's an intersection of goofy and pissed. Yeah. But also, you know, it's just kids. It's like cheerfully pissed. Yeah. It's really what that translates to. Yeah. It's like a kitty who is like being super goofy and playful, but then when you try to pet the belly, they claw the shit out of you. Yeah. It's a lot like don't that. Don't try to pet my effing belly, okay? I, I won't. All right. Okay. Uh, so- <laughs> But announcements. Um, yes, uh, the the only announcement we have today mm-hmm. is that you can mark your calendars right now. You can get your pen out or your phone or however you mark your calendar. And mark your calendar for Saturday, uh, the 30th of January at 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern. Mm-hmm. That is the date and time of our next monthly acoustic concert. Woo-hoo! On YouTube and Facebook. Those are the two places we're going to be broadcasting live. Wow. Jamie on piano, uh-huh. me on singing. Vocals. <laughs> vocals. We have vocals. Jamie's going to do lead vocals and I'm going to do lead piano. <laughs> have you ever, has anyone ever been in a band in high school? The deal with being in a band in high school is everyone has to be lead something because if you're the singer, you're the lead singer, right? Oh, yeah. Well, that's the lead guitar player. Right. And then, like, the lead drummer. Yeah. Well, in terms of terminology, I've always thought it's weird to say that somebody is on vocals. Mm-hmm. Like, like on an instrument makes sense, but yeah. on vocals makes zero sense. So anyway, Jamie on piano, Shannon doing vocals. Yeah. <laughs> Jamie doing piano sounds equally weird. <laughs> hey, could you not do the piano, actually? <laughs> it's rented. So- <laughs> <laughs> what? I don't know. <laughs> oh God. Um, okay, so... Saturday, January 30th. Yes. It's our next acoustic concert online. It's going to be wonderful. Uh, Y'all pick, you guys get to pick the the, set list. The Misfit Stars members specifically get to pick the set list. Yeah, so if you're listening to this and you're not a member of Misfit Stars at misfitstars.com slash join, you don't get to participate. Or you could sign up and then you can. That's it. You do get to. But if you are a Misfit Star member, Misfit Stars member, I'm going to be sending you your ballot uh, by this weekend, I promise it'll come to you by this weekend, where you can vote for the songs available to you to choose for this this, this month's concert. And can't wait. It's We're getting into some deep cuts. We are. It's, it's gonna, really cool. It is going to be really fun. So that's my only announcement. That's good. Um, I may have another announcement. What? Are we changing uh, the classification of the podcast? Well, maybe. We've talked about this. Yeah. We'll, we'll have just, you know, I'm kind of like curious to see how today goes, honestly. Yeah. Because I used the F word last week. Remember that? Yeah. And it was shocking. It, it, was, it was a shot across the bow of <laughs> listeners everywhere. You know, I might have used it before, but it felt like a very emphatic use of the F word. It was real week. good. And so we thought we thought maybe it might be time to change our podcast from uh, PG to uh, 
Well, I guess there's not those kinds of ratings no. in podcasts. It's a, it would be an exclusive. It's a checkbox. A checkbox to like for for a exclusive. No, what is explicit. it? Explicit. Explicit. I was thinking exclusive. That's not no. right. Yeah, only certain people can use the F word. Yeah. Well, you're one of them. It's your podcast. <laughs> no, I'm ex- the other. Explicit content, which means we can cuss. Yeah. Which I mean, you know, we, and the the designation, like the official designation, is is your podcast characterized. By blue language. I don't think The word it is. characterized is what they say in the official, like, uh, Interesting. Apple podcast style guide. Because, you yeah. know, Apple just has PDFs about this kind of thing. Right. Uh, and, you know, even if you drop an F-bomb, I do frequently. Yeah, you know, it's true. Three, four, eight times. Uh, <laughs> I, I already said goddamn twice. Now three times. That's, these days, not it's even that much edge. of a swear. Yeah, it's not. We heard Olivia Nuzzi say shit on CNN. Like oh, three on, times. On, on this NBC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> I, I think there's not a lot of rules, you know? But the F, the F word is one of them. It, we will never say it enough to have the podcast be characterized by it. So I don't know. I don't know. But then also, like, it's kind of cooler. Because remember, like, when we were kids. It was cool when you were 13. Yeah, it was still cool to get that CD that has that has that little black and white warning thing in the bottom right corner saying warning explicit content. Ooh, I'm like, about God. to listen to something bad. Like NWA, which yeah. kicks ass in 1987. You know what I mean? I just don't know that we're all that we're all the way there. No. I don't know. Uh, so I'm not sure it qualifies as an announcement. No. Decisions, decisions, decisions. I like that. It's yeah. good. That's actually a great song for when you have to make a decision. Like it just gives you time to think about it. It buys you a few seconds. It's like the Jeopardy song in Final Jeopardy. Yeah, it's good. It's good. Really good. So, so yeah. anyway, people, that wasn't an announcement. We're not sure. It was sure. not at all. Jamie, yeah. how are you feeling? You know, uh, like you, uh, a mixture of good and a little hyped up, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're in the last, tw- I mean, not even 24. We're in the last... 13 hours. We're recording this at uh, 8 o'clock uh, Pacific time on Tuesday evening, the night before inauguration. Yeah, I mean, it's currently so. it's currently 11.13 p.m. on the East Coast, meaning that, I mean, in, in 12 hours and 47 minutes, yeah. 48 minutes, Donald John Trump will no longer be president of the United States of America. And that's a rapidly closing God. window, but he could still do something real bad. It's you know what I mean? Yeah. I feel... Guardedly optimistic, but I shouldn't even, I feel like I shouldn't even say that out loud. I know what you mean, though. You're just kind of holding your breath. Presumably by the time most people hear this podcast, it'll be a done deal. We'll have a new president. Yes. Uh, the, the former president will be a private citizen whom, out of whom we Who can, can be sue charged. the shit. <laughs> can be charged with crimes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, but you're right. So you're feeling a little bit like uh, tentatively hopeful or. Yeah, but also just that, just, you know. We're approaching a transition, and it's just like I don't know how to feel exactly. Yeah. I feel generally good. I feel optimistic. I feel hopeful. Uh, you know. Also, it's not going to be a silver bullet, and and that, but that's okay. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I feel generally fine. I guess. Yeah. You know. Uh, yeah. Not super relaxed, but that's okay. I don't need to be relaxed all yeah. the time. How about you? How are you yeah. feeling? I feel okay. I think you know. Same with you. Like I'm. There's just this background. Like I. I don't. I. I don't think that anything's going to go totally awry in the next 13 hours knock yeah. on wood yeah. um but uh, and, and so i feel um i feel hopeful that we're gonna get a new president tomorrow and things will you know move on and we'll be done with this era um personally just in my like day my day-to-day like feeling i, I feel good that there have been some things this week that i've gotten to work on that make that have made me have made me really excited. Yeah. Um, so I feel energized uh, on that front. But there's this, you know, 
there's this low level zzz, what could happen yeah. that frankly I feel like I and a lot of us have figured out how to live with for the last four years, yeah. you know? And we're going to talk about that in this episode because uh, it's a skill I wish I didn't have to have. Yep. <laughs> but I think that a lot of us have figured out how to function with that low level zzz. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's still there. And, you know, it, it may still be there for some time, but there's going to be so many things that that I do feel like are going to change for the better, even even relatively soon. Just just having somebody in leadership who cares about doing the job. Yeah. Like that's novel. Holy moly. Yeah. So I don't want to get too far ahead of us our conversation today, but I feel I feel okay. Good. I feel okay. And then, you know, also today marked uh the official four hundred thousandth death from COVID nineteen in the United States. On dude's last day, how fitting. And um I know that that the in the inauguration, it's wild that we've not had like a national uh, mourning for the people who've lost their lives. Right. And the incoming president elect and vice president elect held, you know, a, a, a memorial today in advance of the inauguration tomorrow to memorialize the people that we've lost. And I haven't seen any of it, but our neighbor across the street uh, texted earlier and said, hey, what if we put candles out on our porches? So, like, I put a candle out on our front porch today, and, you know... In um, a uh, candle holder made for us, if I uh, remember correctly, by Misfit star Katie R. It's true. Thank you, Katie. It was a donation vessel, actually, originally for one of our house concerts, but I put it in, I made it into a candle holder. But, you know, as I set that down there, you know, I, I, I feel we, you and I are very fortunate that we really don't know very many people who have lost their lives. And we know people who have people in their lives who've lost, you know, people. We had a friend, uh... For on Facebook, who is no longer alive? Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, I we know personally one person, yep. you know, who who has died because of COVID nineteen. So, you know, when I set that down in the front on my front porch, our front porch this evening, I I thought of Amy, yeah, who who passed away in December, and you know, um, she should be here still. <laughs> she should. Be, there's no reason that this pandemic should have taken the lives of four hundred thousand people in this country, and that's a Probably a conservative number. Probably the number a is probably wild underestimation. So I'm angry. I'm sad. I, you know, I'm sad for all the people who, who's who have very close loved ones. Yeah. That that are no longer here. I'm sad for all the health workers <sighs> who are just still like in the shit, in the grind. Yes. Like with no real yeah. end in sight. You know what I mean? Vaccines yeah. are coming, but they're coming slowly. There's a new yeah. variant, which is kind of balancing that right back out. Yeah. You know, it's it's hard. It's really, really hard. Yeah, it's They've one been of those- doing this for close to a year and like they should be at the end of it. They should have been at the end of it months ago. Yeah. So in terms of how I'm feeling, it's 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 like usual these days, a mixed bag of all different kinds of feelings at one time. Sure. And that's where I'm at. Right on. So, yeah. Cool. So, what did we get into this last week? We had a Misfit Stars Zoom meetup. Oh my gosh, we had our our latest uh, monthly meetup with our Misfit Stars, which is like I, I keep wondering. So we've done it for a few months now, right? We started it. I'm not. It's like the fourth month. Back. And the first time was so awesome, and I'm mm-hmm. like, oh my gosh, that was my favorite thing ever. Yeah. And I, of course, my next thought is like. Surely they won't all be that great. But they keep getting better. But they keep getting better. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like I just am in love with the experience of sharing friendship with people and seeing them build relationships with each other. Yeah. Uh, just and get more comfortable with one another and like more 
like willing slash even at this point eager to, to share yeah. stuff that they've been processing. It seems like there. It seems like some people hold on to stuff to like specifically to wait for the Zoom meetup yeah. to discuss it with the Misfit Stars. And it's just and it's, it's just amazing. It's a lovely group. Like I feel like we we we're hashing stuff out together. Yeah. Uh, talking about what's important to us, what we're what we're experiencing, things we're proud of in our lives, things we're grateful for, things we're struggling with. It's it's such a great time. So we had that last uh, Thursday night and it was wonderful. Yeah. Um, if you want this in your life, by the way, quick ad, uh, advertisement here, uh, misfitstars.com slash join. Like this isn't exclusive like without you. It is ex- exclusive, exclusive, but you may invite yourself into that's it. That's right. Anyone listening can that's be right. part of this. It's so good. It's, it's just a trusted, safe, small group environment to like, Talk about things in a, an earnest and like like caring way with other people. Yeah. Remember when we used to be able to get together with friends? Barely. <laughs> barely. Yeah. This is that, but with people from all over the country, sometimes the world, and um, and folks that were just people who want to go a little deeper. Yeah. It's wonderful. I, it's, this is like exactly... Exactly what I need in my life. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, so that was great. Mm-hmm. Um, we've been doing this other activity this week that's unusual. Uh, we have a, you have a, a dear friend who's who, trying to move to Tacoma from out of state. Yeah. And so can't look for apartments to rent uh, because they live out of state. So um, we are doing so it. We're doing the eyes and ears, which is actually really fun. We went out for one today. We've been, I don't know, to like four or five different places over the last week. Yeah. And, uh, and it's really fun. I, I realized why I love it so much. Well, I mean, first of all, I love it so much because I just love snooping in places where I don't live. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yep. This is why I love the show House Hunters when I'm, we're at my mom's house and we can watch HGTV. Yeah. <laughs> like I just love, I just love like walking around places. So you call it House Snoopers. That house would be snoopers. a great <gasps> HGTV show. So Like true. none of this like, oh, we're evaluating, could we live here? We're just wandering around looking at people's we're just houses. snooping. Yeah. So Jamie and I used to do this. Uh, I mean, we would call it open housing when we lived in South Pasadena. Uh, this is long before we ever thought that it would be possible in our lives ever that we would own a home True. or buy a home. And Particularly where we lived. Uh, we lived in like a really nice part of, of LA County. And um, and so we would go open housing on the weekends and we would just waltz right into houses that we would never in a million years be able to buy. No. But we just would walk in with the air of, of course we could live here. Of course and we could buy this place. That's one great thing about <laughs> LA too. Like, Legitimately, anyone you see on the street might be a multimillionaire because you don't know who everyone who lives there potentially like is just a low key recording artist who had a huge song blow up on YouTube or something. Right? Everyone's, you know I mean? everyone's wearing jeans and a t shirt. It is, you yeah. know, like the yeah. richest people are dressed just exactly like us and look exactly <laughs> like us yeah. and are frequently younger than us. Totally. So we have this total cover to walk into kind of any place down there and be like, yeah, I was thinking about it. Yeah, thinking about this two million dollar yeah. villa. Yeah. <laughs> Seven million dollar, yeah. eight bedroom, eight and a half bath <laughs> totally. situation. Totally. Yeah. But Those, where would the recording studio go? We would say to each other loudly. That's exactly what we would say. Yeah. Those were so such fun days. Well, we're doing that kind of, but we're looking at one bedroom apartments here yeah. in Tacoma. But but I, so I love snooping. But I also realize one of the reasons I love it is that like we we can't go anywhere or do anything right now except for like go to the grocery store, which and is so increasingly like, fraught. Which is yeah, and we're doing less and less, you know, of it. Uh, but like, this is an opportunity to like go somewhere that's not our house. It's and an activity, is it what is, you're saying. I yeah, I'm starved. Yeah, <laughs> for activities. Yeah. So apartment hunting's been actually very fun. Yeah. 
walking into a subterranean basement apartment in a building that hasn't been renovated in 45 years, sign me up. <laughs> Those are not we're as also, good. We're also looking at good apartments. Yeah. <laughs> it's depressing, though. Like, walk, even if it's not for us, it's weird. Like, walking oh, into, yeah. like, a substandard living situation is just a little bit of a downer. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but, you know, substandard for for your standards might also be a palace to somebody You're 100% right about that. We have to understand what standards mean. Standards are relative. Yeah, they're mine. Put it that way. My standards. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mentioned this earlier that I was doing some research uh, this week about some stuff that's making me very excited. And this is going to be total vague booking right now. Like, I'm really sorry that I'm doing this to you listeners, but it's just the way it's got to be. But we have been scheming. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think we've actually talked about it on the podcast as well, that we have been, have we talked about it on the podcast? We've talked about it in our Zoom meetups. We've been scheming about, about where online our Misfit Stars interactive community might live other than the private Facebook group that everyone gets invited to yeah. when they join. Um, and the reason, a couple of reasons that we've been trying to figure out what the next thing might be is that... Um, a lot of our misfit stars aren't on Facebook. Like, yeah. and, and an increasing number of them tell us, I'm only on Facebook so that I can check in on misfit stars, but I've really had it with Facebook otherwise. Yeah. And like, I totally get it. Like, it's, so it's not an ideal place for the long term for us to have our online community in that group because yeah. it's, it's, it's not inclusive of everyone right. you know, in, the, in misfit stars. So we've been- Also, start- how nice would it be to have our misfit stars community not try to- actively radicalize our Misfit Stars members into like white power groups. <laughs> right. That'd be good too. By being on Facebook, you yeah. mean? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, I, I feel I'm not, I'm not leaving Facebook right now. No, no, no. you all to know that. But like... Yeah, calm down, everyone. We're, I not, have, we're not leaving Facebook. But we, I, we I do- struggle yeah. with supporting uh, an entity that has been so very bad for our societal fabric. <laughs> so check this out. Here's the way I square that circle personally. Okay. I have installed a uh, a, a browser extension for uh-huh. Chrome called FB Purity. Okay. It used to be called Facebook Purity until Facebook served them a cease and desist. Now they say it's for fluff busting purity, but it's FB Purity. That's amazing. Right? Uh-huh. And uh, basically it gives you total control over, it intermediates between Facebook servers and your browser. Okay. And it reconfigures your Facebook. I haven't seen an ad on Facebook in over a year. That's amazing. Oh yeah, and but I don't see recommendations. Really? And, oh yeah, you just like you just open the preferences panel. There's literally like a hundred something checkboxes ordered in, over a number of different little tabs, uh-huh. so it's not overwhelming. But you can control every single aspect. I have a chronological timeline with the most recent thing at the top. What? I don't have an algorithmic timeline. I need this. I have been telling you about this and telling you you need this. I'm so glad you're finally seeing the light. Well, that's cool. Everyone else, you need it too. It's free. You just go, just look for FB Purity. You can install it. It's a browser extension you can install in Safari or Chrome uh, and probably Firefox and others so as well. So you don't, this isn't, this isn't not functional for you on your phone. Yes, that's right. But also like because of the limited nature of the phone screens, you don't see as much of the bad it's stuff on the true. phone anyway. That's you don't true. see all the sidebars of recommendations yeah. and all that other crap. You know what true. I mean? Yep. Uh, you, you do occasionally see an inline ad. Yeah. But you know, uh, generally speaking, 
my answer for like synthesizer things because that's what I'm interested in and okay, cool. So, you know. Well, so Facebook, it's not, it, the, the future is not Facebook. No. Right? Uh, so we've been, The future is Facebook <clears throat> getting taken to the curb. <laughs> yeah, right? Seriously. I mean, th- there, there have been so many good things that have come into our life because of Facebook. Yes. We've gotten to stay in touch with so many people. And again, I'm not leaving Facebook. No, no. We're going to, we're going to, I'm going to stay there. However, we're going to stay there. For our Misfit Stars online community, we have been trying to figure out what other options we might have to make it more inclusive and to and for it just be a better experience all around. Trying is a weak word. We've been, we've been working on. We've been working on this. I was feeling very discouraged a few days ago about the prospects. Mm. Uh, it's because we looked at the default prospect, which was Discord. Ugh. Like someone was like, oh, you should do Discord. And it, like it has a Patreon integration. We're like, great, that'll be simple. No. But like imagine... A single chat window. Imagine a group text with everybody on it. An everlasting group text. A group text with That's, 210 people no, on it. No, thank you. Oh, God. So I was overwhelmed and I was frustrated and I did not feel very much hope. And then uh, we researched our way to something that I am legit excited about. Same. And I'm not going to really get to tell you a whole lot more than that right now, nope. Miss Fit Stars. But know this: I am currently working on building us a space that will be ours. Yep. And I, there, there are so many things about this that I, that I just honestly, you're going to absolutely love it. I, I've been dreaming about this at night. Like yeah. I'm so excited about it. Uh, it will open up so many new opportunities for connection. I mean, the whole point of this community is to make connections with other open-hearted people who want to go a little deeper and be a little better yeah. and do life with folks who are doing those things. So like this is going to be a place where we're actually going to be able to do those things even better than we have been able to so far. And I am so excited. Yeah, it's going to be really, really so cool. stay tuned. Um, and we promise change is hard. We, know, we understand that. We promise that, that we will walk you through this change yeah. with... Lots of patience and like, lots of time. Everything we do will be with you, holding your hand That's every right. step of the way. I mean, remember, like, uh, I mean, a year ago, most people weren't in our Patreon. It's true. It's you know true. what I mean? Mm-hmm. We had like, you know, 50 people, something like that. And that number quadrupled in May. That's true. And a whole bunch of new people just like, they figured it out. It's all yes. good. We helped That's right. them. Yeah. That's right. So we're going to be, we're going to, some changes are a coming, yeah. uh, but we're going to do it together. And please know that on the other side of these changes, awaits uh, just a really, really cool thing for all of us mm. and for the community. Mm. So very excited about that. Heck yeah. Um, break? Yeah, let's take a break. Okay. And then we're going to come back and we're going to, uh, we're going to leaf through this last chapter yeah. of, of uh, the world that we've been through together the last four years uh, and mark the end of it yeah. and turn the page. That's yeah. what we're going to do after we're gonna, the break. We're going to quick talk it through and we're going to put it to goddamn bed. That's right. Okay. So stay tuned. Back in a sec. So look, I don't think we should, I don't think we either of us want to dwell a lot on any of the things we're about to talk about, but I think it's important to both of us just to kind of look back. Yes. And just remember because this last 4 years has been really really screwed up. 
Yeah. Just to put it bluntly and simply, yeah. you know, and not with any sort of political finesse. Because it's not even really a political sentiment that I'm feeling. It was yeah. an affront on so many levels to to our dignity as humans, yeah. uh, to what it means to be a civilized member of a society. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, you know, I want to look back at the last four years and I want to really just touch upon some of the things that felt certain ways and just talk about how we felt, you know? Yeah, you know, and also in addition to it being a really screwed up experience, it's also been really transformational in a lot of yep. ways. And I think that that's, it's important to, it's important to recall <laughs> sort of how the, the metamorphosis happened, yeah. you know, and, and what, what led to it and, and what's come out, what's coming out of it. Yeah. Um, so flashback to uh, October. Yeah. Late uh, October. Okay. Very early November. Yeah. 2016. Okay. We had just finished up our creationism tour. That's right. That was 2016. The- and we were making plans to record our very first ever theater show. That's right. We scouted around. We decided we wanted to do it in the Seattle area. Like with the Northern California area, it's another big base for us. We had a mm-hmm. bunch of people. We have a very dear family here and we decided that we would partner with their daughter to put together a fundraiser. Yeah. And it would be a fundraiser like we would sell tickets and the money would go to this uh, this fundraiser thing that she was taking charge of. And their family has a connections in the film industry as well. So we were going to be able to film it. And yeah. And it just was all coming together really well. And so we came up here to do that. Uh, And it was like, and we filmed it the day before the election. Yeah, I think it was, was it two days? Yeah, two days before the election maybe. Maybe one. Yeah, because mm-hmm. it was a Sunday and elections on Tuesday. Oh, so, yeah, that's yeah. right. Mm-hmm. But we came up here to do that um, and the, crea- the creationism tour was so great. I loved that. And the, the whole theme that year was we create the world we live in. Let's make something beautiful together. Yeah. It was hopeful yes, and it, it was. was empowered. And, and you know, we had just come off of eight years of Obama. Things were looking bright. Cruising into the Hillary Clinton administration. We're, we're going to get our first female yeah, president. We weren't excited about her as much as we were Obama, but the fact of a female president was oh, going to be wonderful uh-huh. that was going to be great yep. and a continuation of that of, of those policies which were generally going in a pretty positive way yep. uh you know and so because we were here with some dear friends to do this concert we're like let's stay through tuesday we'll celebrate the election with them we'll watch <laughs> it with them we'll celebrate them we'll go home <laughs> on wednesday yeah and i recall uh in the early evening uh, we had dinner and they, they invited some other people over, a young couple that had uh, a young daughter. Like, I think she was, the daughter was only like, you like know. six eight, months old, eight, eight months, months old. Eight months old, yeah. yeah. And I remember uh, uh, saying to her, we're going to get you a lady president tonight. You know, like mm-hmm. just thinking mm-hmm. how great it is for this young, this, you know, baby girl to be growing up, you know, in an era. She with will a- never not know. She'll never know a world where like a female president is not a possibility, yeah, right? Yeah, how great, exactly. How good. It was so great. And then as we watched the news that night, just take a turn. I I, I imagine that y'all listening are are remembering where you were that sure. night. And when you realized that the the results were not going the way that we had hoped that they would. Yeah. And Jamie, what did you feel? Like what was the what was the shock feeling? and disbelief? Yeah. Were my first two feelings, yeah. you know? I mean the sense that there was something that was such like, we all knew how bad it would be. Actually, you know what? That's not true. I think nobody had the imagination. I certainly didn't have the imagination yeah. for what it would turn into, especially over this last year. Good you Lord. know? Yeah. Uh, it's funny. Uh, 
President Trump spoke on his inauguration day of an American carnage. And like with every other thing... We've, Promise we've, kept. <laughs> yeah, right. We've learned about him subsequently that when he talks about something super negative, it's something he's thinking about doing himself. Oh my gosh, yeah. And we have witnessed that this year, you know? But no, none of us really knew that. We knew that it would be bad. He was a con man and a cheat and a liar and a bad human being. We yeah. knew all of those things. Yeah. And of course, it would be inappropriate for him to be president, you know? Of course. Uh, but, you know... I think that none of us had really taken him seriously enough as a candidate. Like always, the polls were always like, yeah, it's not going to happen, you right, know? Right. And so, you know, it was like, man, yeah, it's it's dangerous that this guy even is this close, but he's not going to get there. So we don't have to really think about what it's going to be like. And so the, then, of course, oh, we were all confronted, right, immediately yes. with this this reality that we have to confront and really goddamn fast yes. what it's going to look yes. like. Yes, I remember <laughs> we, were in, we were sitting in the TV room with our friends and... Uh, uh, one of them went to bed. She's like, I can't deal anymore. And she went to bed and we stayed up. And I think I was just like hoping against hope that something would change. Yeah. You know, like, oh, we've, they've got it wrong. Or, you yeah. know. And finally we went to bed. I I think I I maybe slept two hours Same. that night. Like I, I tossed and turned. And I think what you, we described is totally right. Like I had not even allowed myself to consider that a, what would what would be the ramifications of somebody like him ascending to the highest office in the land? And so all of that reality coming crashing in the matter of just like a very short period of time yeah. was overwhelming. I was I cried and cried and cried mm-hmm. and I I was I was freaked out, like just freaked out. I remember just lying there in that bed in their guest room, just my mind spinning on all of the things that uh, all the, on all the people whose lives would literally be in danger because of this person yeah. being in that office yeah. and like and and just what that what the ramifications would be like in our own personal lives yeah. like i just so much and it was hard to think about you know and in those early days uh you know we happened and this is actually a good thing that came out of this last time yeah we were introduced to uh the writing of someone who's actually become a personal friend a dear friend a dear friend john uh, pavlovitz he, john pavlovitz I had, I had seen some friends posting some of his articles on facebook in the months prior yep and so i was aware but i saw one specifically the next day, the day after the election we went to the airport to fly home yeah. from seattle to la and uh and i was reading my phone in the airport, and I read his article, This is Why We Grieve yeah. Today. I think is there today, the word today is in there. And he, in, there, in that article, described why so many of us were feeling grief. First of all, I had not put a word to the feeling that I had had, that I was having. Right. And it was grief. Yeah. I was feeling beyond sadness yeah. there was a loss of something yeah. essential you know that that i was grieving and grieving the notion that that so many people in fellow americans had signed their name right next to this guy by voting for them yep and even including people that we know and love like i just it was like a bottomless pit of grief that's yeah. what i was feeling yep that's I absolutely I right. I was so grateful for John's words. Yeah. That day. Yeah, absolutely. Helping me put that in perspective. Yep, same. Uh, and, you know, speaking of which, uh, loved ones who voted for Trump, I'm sure that everyone listening to this uh, had to have at some point, right around that early 2017 timeframe, yeah. late 2016 timeframe, yeah. conversations, the yeah. first post-election conversations with the loved ones in your life who voted for Trump. Yeah. I mean, Holy even if, shit, even that if, was painful and bad. And just learning that that's how they'd voted. Like, yeah. I, 
It was very painful. Yeah. And very bad. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was so funny. I remember talking to my dad. Yeah. Uh, I think that the way my parents did, uh, I think that my mom may well have voted for him. I think that my dad probably like wrote in my sister's dog or something like that. He's been voting Republican for 40 years, but I don't mm-hmm. know that he could stomach that. He has since become a dyed-in-the-wool supporter. Yeah. He's one of those people who at the time was like, eh, I'm not going to vote for Clinton because... Whatever reasons. Because whatever stupid reasons. But, you know, I'm, I'm, I also can't bring myself to vote for Trump, so I'm just going to write in the dog and we're going to hope it works out for the best. And I remember talking with him a couple days after, like you and I got back to mm. LA and I remember I went to Garfield Park, you know, across mm. the street from our house and mm-hmm. I, I called him. I remember I was sitting even. And, uh, you know, it was a painful, long conversation. But, you know, he was so blithe about it at the time. His mm. comment that he made that has stuck with me for the last four years was, you know, I know it seems really bad, but honestly, like, my tax rates are probably going to go down a bit. Other than that, not much is going to change. Oh, God. You know? Yeah. And, you know, I learned two things in that conversation, you know? Yeah. Uh, the, the, the more disheartening one was that I don't know that my dad's a safe person to talk to about this stuff, yeah. you know? Uh, and it's, and I tried for a while. I tried for a little while, but it really didn't like work out. And so I stopped and yeah. we haven't since. Um, but, you know, to just so blithely, it wasn't, it wasn't even that he was dismissing mm. the potential ramifications for disadvantaged people in our society. It's that he wasn't even considering them. Right. It wasn't even part of his worldview. It was just yeah. a, a purely dad-centric, well, what's this going to mean for me? Yeah. You know, what's this going to mean for me, a 72-year-old white man? Yeah. Well, I'll probably save a little bit of money on taxes. <laughs> and, you know, I think he probably has. So, okay. Oh, I don't think he necessarily bargained for the part where he and my mom couldn't leave the house for a year. Because of the pandemic, you know? yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. There's, there's that. But uh, even that hasn't changed his mind at this point either, so... No, he's actually fallen further into... It's where I was going to say the Fox News rabbit hole, but he's so far past Fox. I, I'm pretty sure that he and my mom both are sort of in that group of people who feel like Fox has betrayed them. And they, they'll probably still listen to, like, you know, Tucker and Hannity. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I would imagine there's some... I know my dad, like, reads Powerline blog all of the time. Mm. Um, he forwards it to my sister, and she forwards it this horrified is just like to the, me. Conspiracy theory based extreme right wing kind of stuff. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I mean it's not even it's not even a news organization. It's just a blog. Yeah. You know? But some, it's, some dudes' ideas. <laughs> it's some dudes. It, it's a bunch of dudes. Yeah. You know, it's well funded. Yeah. Uh, but it corroborates all of his darkest fantasies right. about, you know, evil Democrats oh, and the unassailable good of mm. the conservative evangelical right. Yeah, you know, I mean, I, to circle back to... And he's to not where, even evangelical, by the way, but right. separate conversation. Yeah. I circle back to where we are in this sort of like progression of things. Like, those initial conversations were so hard. I don't know that I... I didn't have the imagination for how much folks who were with him at the beginning would stick with him and get more entrenched. I did not yeah. I did not have an imagination for that. Kind of thought I, they'd get turned off. I really thought that there would be a line that he would cross that would be like, oh, caging people at the border, kids at the border, that's the line. I didn't sign up for this. <laughs> yes. Oh, I did. You did sign up for this. There's no line. There's been no line. But yeah, so, uh, I so think, painful. I think maybe for my mom, actually the insurrection was a line. Maybe. I have heard rumblings about this from my sister. <laughs> Do you dare to have a conversation with her about it? Maybe later. Yeah. I'm busy right now. I get well, Sure. Yeah. I get it. But yeah, that, the, the, the point though is, you know, that those conversations with loved ones at the beginning was just like another layer of shock. Yeah. And, and deep disappointment. And betrayal. 
Honestly, mm, mm-hmm. I felt betrayed. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, they they raised me. Yeah, you know. Yeah, what the ever loving fuck. Yeah, it. Yeah, I feel you. And you know, my just thinking back on those first few months of uh, after the election, um, just about my general emotional state during that time. <laughs> I was, I was downright depressed. Sure. And I know that I'm not the only one. Like, I, I think that probably a lot of folks were. But I remember sleeping way too much and and then not being able to sleep also at the same time and uh, just feeling unmotivated and just mired, mired in worry and grief. Yes. Um, I cried on Inauguration Day. Totally. Uh, flip side, the day after Inauguration Day, we, we got to participate in a women's march. We were um, in Vermont visiting your family yeah. that week. And so we went to Burlington, Vermont to, to participate. Excuse me. Sorry, to Montpelier uh, to participate in the women's march there. And there were like 15,000 people out there. And it was just And Vermont awesome. only has like 500,000 people. So it was like a significant <laughs> percentage of the population of the state. It was amazing. Bernie showed up because yeah. if you're in Vermont and there's a thing, he shows up. That's, yeah, that's right. But yeah. you know, that that was encouraging. But man, what a what a hard what a hard time that was. It was Just really hard. Really, really hard. And so I think that a lot of us kind of realized very, very quickly, and I'm certain that a lot of the people listening will relate to what I'm about to say. I think that a lot of us realized abruptly that we had been living kind of with blinders on to what a whole lot of people were dealing with. Yes. And really, I think a lot of us got awakened to the idea that we could no longer afford to be either complacent or inactive. Oh, yeah. And so we, and and I think that's actually one of the things that has been, that was really good about this time. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's hard to couch such a, horrific four years is having any good about it. But I do think that people, a lot of people got awakened and I do think that that has been good, legitimately good. Yeah. We were two of them and a lot of people listening to this were others. Yeah. You know? I, I wrote uh, a song in, in December called Hello Dawn. It yeah. became the first song that I wrote for the D-A-W-N. album. Hello Dawn as in the morning. Yeah. This wasn't um, like Shannon's Marilyn Monroe, hello, Mr. President <laughs> moment. For heaven's sake, no. <laughs> um, no, hello, Don. Uh, but, but about the idea of my own personal, like, oh my gosh, I, I have been, I've had the privilege of keeping my eyes closed yeah. to so much injustice in this yeah. society. And I realize now that I do not have the option of keeping my eyes closed anymore, but the the hopeful side of having your eyes opened to so much pain is that you then have the opportunity to address it. Yeah. Right? You can't cure a cancer until you diagnose it, right? Yeah. And so um that's that was uh that was a significant time. And I, you know, and 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 then we 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 took that energy and did something with it also. Yes, immediately. We did. A you and I of you and I dove into uh the political process like we hadn't really ever before. We'd done some phone banking and canvassing for Obama in 08 and yep. in 2012. Um but it was pretty light. Yeah. It was, you know, it, was, it wasn't lots of involvement. It was we, feel good stuff. We showed up to uh Every uh, South Pasadena indivisible meeting that yep. we could get to, we showed up to the every South Pasadena Democratic Party meeting we could get to. Yep. We showed up to South Pasadena City Council meetings when totally. we could. We went to our local. Uh, we went and voted in our local like Democratic Party elections to yeah. elect people within the party that reflected our value. We, like everything we could do, yep. we did. We 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 were part of the uh, really annoying swath of Americans that were calling people 
in that one tiny legislative district in Georgia to try to get John Ossoff elected. Yeah. <laughs> Remember, we were making phone calls to, to Georgia and- Sure, you know, absolutely. Uh, but getting, just di- dove in. Flash forward nearly exact, like like three and a, three, three and three quarters years and, and now he's every other person in America, again- Calling Georgia for John Ossoff. <laughs> That's right. But, but it, it worked this time. It did. He'll be the senator as yeah. of like tomorrow afternoon. Hell yeah. So, you know, um, yeah, but, but we, we dove in every single way that we possibly could. And um, I mean, we showed up to, I went to my first protest. I had never been to a protest. I mean, no. I guess you can, can well, the, no, the very first protest we went to was in December of mm-hmm. 2016. Uh, we went to, uh, we took the train into Hollywood to protest for Medicare for All. That's right. We were joining a nurse, a nurses organization that we were just marching up and down Hollywood out. Hollywood Boulevard, up one side, cross the street, down the other side, cross the street, and did circles. It was great. It was great. <laughs> you know, um, but it, it felt so radical to me at the time. You know, like I felt like <laughs> I really felt like, oh my gosh, I'm going to a protest. Uh, <laughs> Shannon's lived a sheltered life, you well, guys. You know, a lot of us have, though. Yeah, that's true. You know, like I, that. It was this is this is new stuff. Yeah, to a lot of us. Yeah. Um. Uh. But what else? You know. We and started- so. Like, let's let's couch this a little bit, right? Okay. So, Shannon, for the first part of her career, uh, when when I met Shannon, so I met Shannon in two thousand six, <laughs> right? Shannon was just learning to explore love. Like the mm-hmm. way she was raised, it wasn't really something you explored, right? Like you married the first boy you ever kissed, and you got married, <laughs> and theoretically you started squeezing out kids, and you get on with your life, right? Yeah. But you don't like spend a lot of time thinking about romance and relationships and love. It's like well, it's, it's not it's not the no. The frame. I did spend a lot of time thinking about that, but within a very a very narrow frame. Yeah, fair, yeah, right? Okay. So you were Shannon Unchained in like <laughs> 2006, yeah. and Shannon was like obsessed with like love and relationships because she'd really never been able to explore them like with the fullness of her being before. That's true, but I, I see where you're going with this. You're going to talk about what, what kind of songs I was writing. Yep. And also, it's just that that's what, that's those are the songs that get played. People write about relationships. That's you know true. what I mean? I was writing what I thought a person who's trying to make a career out of making music should write. That's right. So, And then you were starting to dip your toe into some deeper stuff as of like connections, you yeah. know? Mm-hmm. And starting to write on themes, but the themes were pretty up with people, you know? <laughs> they were they were themes we could all get behind, you know? Sure. Like connections. How do we make the heart-filling connections we need to sustain our lives? Like who's against that, right? <laughs> and then creationism. Like let's make something beautiful together. Real, you know? Yeah. Up with people like UNICEF kind of stuff. It was wonderful, <laughs> really good. But again, who's anti, you know? Right, right, right. And so then 2017, I'm, uh, you know, I know this from having had a lot of conversations with her about it. Shannon, all of a sudden, I think, came to a crashing realization, like hitting a brick wall that like this, this avenue of songwriting that she'd been going down was no longer going to cut it in this time. Well, and specifically that the stuff that I felt from deep within my being that I had to write about was what I was actually processing. Yeah. And, and, and that I, I couldn't fake it. Like I couldn't, I couldn't just put on some other happy hat and pretend that all this other stuff wasn't going on. It was, I had to write about what my, pro, what, what my experience was like at the end of 2016 and, and beginning of 2017. So, you know, that fir- the first song I wrote was Hello Dawn. Um, it you know turned into the album that became the space between, um, but the songs explored things like uh, the the racial divide that uh, tells us that we're separate from each other when in fact 
we, our fates are linked to one another, you know. Uh, you know, exploring things like um, the grief over loved ones descending into this like alternative reality of belief about the world that just broke my heart, you yeah. know. It felt like the floor falling out from underneath me. Yeah. You know, um, that betrayal I was talking about. Yes, that's it. That exactly. floor falling out. So all these song, all the songs on this album were were all about the things that I was genuinely processing and trying to make sense of, um, trying to look for any sign of hope. You know, I remember you know writing the song "How to Keep Moving." Yeah, where I was like, it was just the the most like basic cry from the bottom of my soul like somebody tell me how to keep going yeah. in this time and I kept I was looking for those people everywhere I could look yeah. to find inspiration for how to put one foot in front of the other because I was so so worried and sad um, yeah. you know so I wrote this album <laughs> and I brought the songs to you <laughs> and I'm like so what do you think? Is it too dark? <laughs> because it was dark. Because that's that dark is what was real yeah. at that time. Yeah. And uh, I remember you saying, yeah, let's pour gasoline on it. <laughs> yeah. You know? And that's what we did. And we made... Um, we made a dark fucking record. We made the, the the really the most provocative and edgy record that we had have ever had ever made. Yeah. And it felt extraordinarily at the same time very scary and risky to do that and also absolutely essential. Yep, totally. Uh, and so um, that was an interesting process to that, 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 uh, that our work and so much of our, like what we, what we are all about as people and as professionals was tied up with the events of our country. Yeah, <laughs> you know, absolutely. Like, well, and also like we had a personal stake in this. Like we had a whole lot of skin in this game Yeah. because it's not like we have trust funds and can <laughs> dabble. You know what I mean? <laughs> like our right. ability to pay, I mean, first rent and then now mortgage like mm -hmm. is directly tied to our ability to engage people in an ongoing way, mm -hmm. you know, every single year around a new body of ideas. And this year, you know, the, like, like I was saying, like 2015, 2016, real unifying up with people stuff, easy to aggregate people around that kind of energy. Everyone loves it. Everyone wants to be a part of that. Right. You know, this was when a really different conversation. Yeah. When you speak truth about injustice, it turns out that some people don't want to hear that. Particularly <laughs> when about 50% of the people in the country and therefore by extension, probably in mm. the group of people who are paying attention to what we're doing mm. might feel somewhat culpable for it. Right. And if they didn't, they're about to, because we're about to tell them that in, they're culpable for it. In their friend's backyard at a house concert. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Yeah, you it know, it was a confrontational show. It was a confrontational tour. It was. Um, I, I felt like every night when we sat down to do that show, I had to. I had to talk myself through a few things. I had to. I had to. I usually go. You know, before a show, I will go and change my clothes and get myself warmed up, and so I have some alone time before, you know, before people sh before I start playing. And I remember having to have this this the self talk like I'm. I feel like I'm kind of going to war a little bit, yep. you know? And also at the same time, reminding myself that every bit of what I'm doing, I, I'm doing because I love people. Yeah. And that I uh, am I'm going to just offer myself as openly and vulnerably, even with this challenging material, yeah. as, a, as a way of saying, I love you first. And however they decide to receive me or not is up to them, but this is the job I'm going to do. I had to self-talk that every single night. It was exhausting yeah, um, and scary 
you know, because I'm a person who, uh, you know, I, I, I'm, a, I'm a recovering codependent and affirmation and approval is like lifeblood. And also not rocking the boat. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, rocking the boat is not a comfortable, safe place for you. No, it is not. No. It is not. So that was a really interesting, you know, it, be, it, it forced us to double down on our commitment to live out loud the the truths that we believe in our hearts yeah. every day. We had to we had to double down on that commitment daily. And we had to be willing. We had to constantly every single day do an affirmation of our willingness to lose audience in order to stand up for what's right. Yeah. Cuz that was Good. exactly the calculus. Yeah. We lost a whole bunch of our audience in 2017. Totally. And at the time it felt scary. I mean, immediately afterward and still to this day, it feels like good riddance. <laughs> like seriously, like I don't these days think of it as losing audience as no. so much as focusing yeah, or oh, refining absolutely. our audience. Our audience uh, is so much better now than it was four years ago. Holy hell. 100%. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Well, and also besides all that, like getting to be our fully authentic selves and representing all the things that we actually believe in openly and authentically with the people that we're sharing our music with, I wouldn't trade that for anything. No. Like I am not going back into a, a life where I put on masks to please people. Yeah. I'm not doing that, you know? And it, it's too important. This is too important to hide anyway. Like the very <laughs> existence of our society hangs on those of us who understand the stakes actually showing up to... To, to do the work. That's true. You know? And it and, always has. It's just that you and I are latecomers to this idea. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Yep. Um, there was the constant emotional wariness uh, for four solid mm -hmm. years. Mm -hmm. Just that constant feeling of when's the next shoe going to drop. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Uh, and it's it's important to touch on that, you know, because I think that's really changed a lot of the tone, I mean, just for us as people and also just in the country. Yeah. I think that there has been a constant feeling of stealing a collective stealing ourselves in anticipation of something even worse. And, yes. the, and the hits have kept coming. Yeah, I thought, I, we, so we made a list of some of the things, which is probably not even close to an exhaustive list. But just things that were particularly upsetting to us over the last four years. Yeah. And you know, I think for me anyway, and tell me if you agree with this, yeah. I think there are two categories here and we're just going to go randomly and some sure. will be in one bucket, some will be in the other. Yeah. Bucket one is things that felt like personal moral injuries, things yeah. that we really took personally. Yeah. And then there's other things that were just like, these are objectively making the world a scarier and worse place yeah. generally to live in. Yeah. You know? Yeah, uh, and, sure. so, and I don't know if there's a third category. It seems like those are kind of the two categories. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, right off the bat, the Muslim ban at the very beginning of the administration was just like, what? How horrifying. It was horrifying. Yeah, and we knew it was a Muslim ban, by the way. They tried, of course, to, for legal reasons, <laughs> say it wasn't a Muslim ban, but we knew it was because during the campaign, he kept saying from the stage, we're going to do Muslim ban. Yeah, totally. Uh, and when they Asshole. when they were attempting to end DACA, and they weren't they weren't as successful as they had hoped to be, right? Uh, in ending DACA, but oh my gosh, I mean, we we have dear friends in uh, when we from when we lived in Los Angeles, who relied on DACA yes. to be safe and secure in their jobs and their lives here in the United States. Yes, and for that just to be like ripped from under them, I mean, oh my God. Yeah. How terrifying. Like, I was, these are our neighbors, people. I know that this administration has tried very hard, and frankly, Republicans have tried for a decade or so before that to paint the, like DACA recipients mm -hmm. as being people who are not like you. Oh people gosh. who you would never encounter in public. People who are 
sneaking over the border to steal jobs that you would never have. Stop it. Which doesn't even make sense if you think about what I just said, but literally that's what they were saying, right? And then, you know, if you live in a place like Los Angeles, but also Tacoma, I mean, no, yeah. any, any city, yeah. they're just people who live and work with you. They're the, they're the bus boys at the restaurant you go to twice a week. Except for without DACA, they were in daily fear of being deported to a country that they maybe spent two months in as a baby yeah. <laughs> and don't know anybody and have no connections in. Yeah. You know, I mean, like, just, so that was that was really scary. The, the whole family separation uh, at the border, I, I remember when that sort of came to be, we were on tour, uh, it was in the, it was, I think it was early in a tour, like in June or something, right at the beginning of one of our tours. And I just remember reading the news and being absolutely horrified at children being separated from their parents. On purpose. On purpose to freak them out, to try to quote unquote deter more people from coming. Oh my God. Like the inhumanity of that. I just, it was, it, and all of it just being done, not because there's a sound policy reason for it, not because there's any mm. sort of justification, mm. for, you know, in a, in a this would be better for our country kind of way. Mm-hmm. The only reason was to provide a constant supply of red meat for racist whites. Yeah. That's it. It's, That's the only reason yeah. for all the things we discussed so far. Yeah. It's a single reason. There was never any other reason. Yeah. I remember also being on tour during the... Uh, when the, the, I mean, this administration has been trying to undo the ACA since day one, um, Obamacare. Well, yeah, let's be clear. They were trying to undo Obamacare. Honestly, like if someone had just told Trump that it was called the Affordable Care Act, he would have been like, I'm for that. <laughs> but if it's called Obamacare, it's like, oh, I got to undo it. Yes, because he's a racist POS. So, like, yeah, he wanted to undo the, to undo Obamacare. And I remember we were on tour when it came to, like, they were voting, they had finally gotten it through you know, the House of Representatives had voted to to uh, repeal to Obamacare. Repeal and replace, quote unquote. Yeah, replace <laughs> with absolutely nothing because they did never come up with another plan. But yeah, uh, and then, and I, I remember watching, waiting for the news when, you know, Senator John McCain did his big thumbs down to vote to vote that down. Yep. I mean, he single-handedly saved our health care. Yeah. Um, Shannon and I, because we're self-employed, have been reliant upon Obamacare since it came out. It has been life-changing for yeah, us. since 2009. Yes. Uh, yeah, that was a really scary time. Um, you, you wrote down on our list here the, the random unnecessary tax cuts for the wealthy. Yeah, that stupid tax bill that just gave a trillion dollars of handouts to people who already have money. Like, it's completely unnecessary. I mean, it's in keeping with uh, the Republican Party's orthodoxy, uh, which is that wealthy people should be more wealthy. I don't get it. It's weird to me, too. Yeah. Uh, rolling back Title IX protections regarding sexual assault and harassment on uh, campuses. I had forgotten completely about that right? until you put it on the list. Seriously. I mean, there's so many horrors. Yeah. But think about this. You're a young woman. Mm-hmm. Hell, you're a young man. This mm-hmm. can happen to anyone. Sure. Also, gender's an artificial construct. <laughs> you're a young person. You're on a college campus. You're walking home from a party late at night. You get sexually assaulted. Perhaps you get raped. It used to be that there was like a pretty fair and relatively good process for this. What they changed this process to is, and they cloaked it in the most maddeningly disingenuous language of constitutional due process. But what it boils down to, this quote unquote constitutional due process Mm -hmm. that they wanted it to be more like, sitting the accused person Mm -hmm. and the accuser 
in a mediation room. Like, imagine a conference room with a couple of professors so the rapist <sighs> can confront the rapee directly and personally across the table. Oh, my God. So who the hell's going to report a rape in that kind of situation? Yeah, exactly. Knowing that that's I what's know. coming if you do it. Betsy yeah. DeVos, fuck off. Yeah, seriously. Uh, leaving the Iran Treaty is next on the list that we wrote down. And I, it's not something that personally affects me, no. but like I remember when it happened, feeling a sense of dread. Yeah, this is bad probably. The world <laughs> will be less safe. Yeah. And sure enough, you know, a few years later, after actually leaving the Iran Treaty, Iran has way more uh, uranium, uh, enriched uranium to, you know, at, at weapons grade yeah. than they ever would have had if we had stayed in the treaty. Like, I, it's one of those things that, like, you know, it's not affecting our daily lives at all, but it is part of that low-level hum yeah. of worry about the instability in the world. Yeah, and also, they've been living under unnecessary sanctions because uh, of the end of the treaty, right. which means they're desperate and pissed. Yeah, Desperate, right. pissed, and in possession of weapons grade mm -hmm. uranium. Hmm, seems what, like a bad combination. Possibly go wrong. <sighs> Leaving the Paris Climate Accord. Just, I mean, a big F you to the world. A big F you to, I mean, like... <sighs> <laughs> climate change is the threat of our time. Yep. Like if we don't address it, we're all toast. And there's no, like nobody named Trump or with a Republican next to their name, politician is going to be exempt. We're all toast. Yeah. If this planet can't survive, yeah, you know, seriously. like, and it's like, what does dude think's going to happen to Palm beach? <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Mar-a-Lago is going to be the first thing underwater. Yeah, totally. Ugh. Um, I remember we were on our fall tour when Brett Kavanaugh was doing when they were going through his uh, hearings for his Supreme Court. That that was an that was just that was violence, honestly. Yeah. Like that appointment and and people you know pushing it through, regardless of the credible sexual assault allegations made against him. Yeah, it's violence <laughs> it's, against women. It's violence against people who are vulnerable to sexual assault. Uh, that was just that was awful it was terrible that was awful also terrible Amy Coney Barrett probably don't need to say much more about that but fuck her the, there's just there's no business being <laughs> on the please pardon court. my foul mouth it's I'm okay. just so I get it. mad at these scumbags I know it the rolling back of protections for gay and transgender people you know uh, with regard to healthcare and job protections and holy go yeah it's really wild just basic civil rights yeah I mean it's just appalling yeah. you know I, I was going to ask rhetorically, like, why do they always pick on the most vulnerable? But but we all know why. It's it's because they're bad people. That's what bullies do. That's what bullies do. Um, you know, getting to sort of the more recent events, politicizing the pandemic and just utterly failing to address it. Like, wow. we we so desperately needed a leader with strong moral character this last year. Yeah. And we didn't have it. We all had, the people who were like, character doesn't matter that much. Oh, God. You're wrong. This is what proved it. Yeah. And you know, the last year has been really, really hard. Yeah. Um, and we've been living with a level of stress this last year, all of us. Yeah. That we are, are not built to bear in the long term. <laughs> True. But honestly, the last year, like, it's, it, it's, it's a different level than the three years previous. But really, the last four years have been a level of stress that we're not built to bear. Yeah in this kind of a, a long-term way, you know? Um, the pandemic, it didn't have to be this way. It just didn't. If we had had leadership in place who cared about actually doing something to help people, 
we could have stamped it out a lot faster. There are countries who have done that. Yeah. We could be one of those. We could be New Zealand people. Um, but we're not because we had this person in office who cared more about his election prospects. And if he, if he, if he gave too much airtime to this growing pandemic, it might scare people away from voting for him. It might, it might spook the economy. <laughs> Also, what a dumbass. How short Because he, this thing had, like, he, he was aware of it in February, right? If, I mean, that's, that's like nine months away, nine solid months away from the election. That's so much time. It's exactly the right amount of time to handle it, be a hero, sail through your election. Yeah, but he's never been interested in actually doing the job that he was elected to do. Fair. Uh, we got to talk about briefly Portland and Lafayette Square and the unleashing of federal troops against protesters for black lives. Holy hell. What? Yeah, that was remarkable. And another one of those things that feels like a distant memory. That was just a few months back. Yeah. Yeah. And then, of course, the lies about the election and actually inciting an insurrection. Yeah. And a violent attack on the Capitol. I mean, honestly... Kudos on that one, because if you're going to do something, you should really just do it. You know what I mean? And if you're going to be the worst president in history, well, what's the absolute best way to ensure that you, that you get that title, that you get that crown, that there's no like, wow, George Bush was pretty bad, too, mm. you know? Well, you do an insurrection. <laughs> Although the president wouldn't use a definite or indefinite article. He'd say, we're doing insurrection. We're doing insurrection. We're right? doing sedition. No. Yeah, you know, so that was a terrible list and it's not exhaustive. There are more things I'm sure that belong in that list, but I just, I thought it was important to delineate some of these things because like, it's easy to forget. Like I, in making the list, it was like, oh gosh, remember that? Oh gosh, the remember that? The reason we put all these things on the list is because these are the things that we recalled as inspiring specific traumas, periods of trauma, Yeah, you know? Uh, and, and I think that it's important to point out that this is why all of us, you, I, everyone listening, have been carrying elevated levels of stress and anxiety and sadness and grief and distraction and anger for the last four years. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, you're, not, you're not going crazy. You're not doing something wrong if you've right. been feeling like that. Right. I mean, indeed, yeah. I would argue, I'd say, I'd say there's a strong argument to be made that if you're not feeling feelings like this, you're doing something wrong. <laughs> yeah, You absolutely. know what I mean? Like, maybe you don't have a heart or something, you're a sociopath. Because how could you go through the last four years and not feel traumatized? Yeah, well, I mean, there are, there are certainly people who live with an incredible amount of privilege who probably were able to coast through the last four years without and, any of this stuff touching them. And to be fair, I know for a fact that there's a whole other group of people who feel as though these things that you and I perceive as injustices were actually good because they were being carried out against people they despise. Mm-hmm. Which is, you know, black people, brown people, people like you and me, you know? And that is a whole other category of deep worry radical liberals well you know because like those people are still among us yeah like the 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 despot in chief has taken off thank god he's taking off Mm -hmm. and thank god he doesn't have his twitter platform to continue like fomenting stuff on a daily basis yeah you know but like all of the people who saw the last four years and were like yeah fuck you liberals fuck you black people we're taking our country back for whiteness and stupidity Mm -hmm. you know they're still there yeah, and, they are. and now they think that something has been stolen from them. Mm-hmm. And that's deeply worrying. You know, you take mm-hmm. that kind of general grievance and you marry it with a specific grievance. Yeah. I worry. Yeah, no, it's not like the inauguration tomorrow. Uh, 
tomorrow morning is going to flip any switches on that front. You know, there's still a whole lot of work to do. Um, but, you know, for all of the of the pain and the grief that we've outlined over the last four years, um, I think that there's some, there's some things that we can feel really proud of. We can feel really, you know, good about the stuff that... Well, uh, we can feel good about a lot of the ways in which we've taken the pain and the grief and turned it into something positive. Yes. For ourselves and for society. You know, mm-hmm. I'm... I. Um, I'm really proud of personally of the election work that you and I did in 2018 and again in 2020. That was a high five. <laughs> um, uh, I'm really, I'm really proud of beginning uh, what has been for me a practice of intentional anti-racism work. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've, I've really come to the conclusion in, in my processing of the last four years and in the, the learning that I've done uh, in that time about uh, the ways in which racism has informed every layer of our the structures of our society that anti-racism work is maybe the work that we all need to do to get to um the kind of society that we can all actually benefit living in yeah you know like i really think that that's the place to focus energy i really do i think that if we attack if we if we tackle that so many other things fall into place in terms of, uh, in terms of solving poverty, in terms of education, in terms of, you know, so many of the other issues, healthcare, things that matter to us. Yeah. You know, I think that when if we, I've learned for myself that that's where that my energy needs to be. Like if we if we can solve the racism thing, we solve everything else. Yeah. Um, I I feel grateful for a clarified vision yeah. about what is just and what is unjust in the world. Yeah, you know? if, this, if this last four years has done anything, it has clarified things, Yeah, you know? Mm-hmm. In that sort of awakening kind of way that we were talking about, you know, with the transition from 2016 to 2017, I think a whole lot of people woke up, you know? I think a lot of people listening to this podcast probably mm-hmm. had the same experience we did, which is, you know, it was almost like waking up from a lifelong sleep. Oh, and realizing yeah. there's all this stuff that you were not exactly previously aware of. Yeah. Or maybe you were sort of aware, but not of the depth or breadth of it. Right, you know? right. Yeah, and it's I, good. It's mm-hmm. good to be aware of it. I'm also, I'm proud to be part of a community of people who are using their voices for the first time. Yeah. You know, and are, are getting involved and using their power for the first time. Yeah. Uh, just the, the the number of people who showed up to do work in the election this last fall is amazing. Mm-hmm. And I feel really proud to be part of that kind of community of people, you know? Um, So there's been so much transformation, you know, in this time that's been characterized by so much anxiety, stress, pain, grief, anger, distraction, you know, like, like we're, we're, we're not letting that all, we're not, we're not letting that time be in vain, you know? Yeah. Um, We're making something of it. And I think, I think there's genuinely a lot of, reasons to feel hopeful, you know, as we turn the page tomorrow when, you know, when we get to uh, have a new president and a new vice president, yeah. you know. Um, one of the things I feel hopeful for is just the fact of having a couple of people in office who I, I believe genuinely have compassion in their hearts. Yes, I think that's right. You know, I, I don't, I, I didn't vote for either of them in the Democratic primary. No. For Joe or Kamala. Um, but I was I was happy to vote for them in November, obviously. Um, the, in terms of policy and approach to politics, I had another candidate that I was, you know, fired up about. Um, so, it, but but 
but even though these are not candidates that I, that I was fully aligned with, you know, in the primaries or whatever, um, it's okay. Just the fact that they are people that I believe have the ability to care for other humans yep. in their hearts is a great first step. Decency. Yeah. Just basic decency. Yeah. I'm into that. I'm into it's that. It's a great too. place to start. And I, th- I also think that they genuinely are people who want, who, who see their positions as being positions designed to serve the public. Yeah. They're not I think that's designed right. to serve themselves. Yeah. I think know? that's right. Yeah. Uh, what else? Uh, you know, I think we're both just hopeful for politics getting back to being a little bit boring every so often. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like not having to like get a clutch in my chest every time I get a phone alert, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Like it's probably not going to be bad as of tomorrow at noon. Like it's probably not, not not everything's going to be amazing. Not everything's going to get fixed. But also that that element of chaos will be removed. Oh, yeah, totally. And I think that's great. I'm so excited for that. And by the way, people, though, like, yes, we want politics still, like, to be boring again, but you still got to pay attention, though. (laughs) No, seriously, and, like, especially now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because now people are in charge who actually could do good things. Yes. Like, the best we could hope for Mm -hmm. is, like, in the last four years is thwarting the bad people from doing the worst things. Right. But now what we have a chance to do is to encourage the good people to do the best things. Right, right. And so we need to seize this opportunity we've been given. We we haven't been given. We created for ourselves this opportunity. We worked our asses (laughs) off. And now we have an opportunity. To actually make positive changes that, that that can, the kinds of changes that if we do them can make it so that we don't put ourselves through what we've been put through the last four years again. Like that we can change conditions on the ground for people where they feel more taken care of. And if they feel like their lives aren't being lived on a razor's edge of, you know, because of their lack of healthcare or their tenuous job or not being able to pay all the bills. Or or, being tied to their tenuous job because it provides a baseline of healthcare. Right. So many things. If we can make... Not being able to start a company. If we can make people's lives better, we can make the kind of society that doesn't breed voters of Donald Trump. Yeah. (laughs) You know? Yeah. The way to eradicate Trumpism is not to get rid of Trump. It's to get rid of the conditions that allow people like Trump to flourish. Exactly. So there's some of the things that we hope for. Like I, like I really hope, my number one hope for this new administration and the new Congress. Um, We're talking about like objectives now? Yeah. All right, like, let's do it. I, like I, my number one hope is that, I mean, aside from the fact that we immediately need coronavirus relief, yeah, and I think that's, that's coming, yeah. but like my number one hope is that they actually pass uh, meaningful democracy reform yeah. and voting rights. Yep. Like, that is my number one hope. Um, and that's also existential. That's not just like, this would be good for people. It's like, if we don't get democracy reform in place, like, it feels like we have one shot right now yeah. at like getting our ship back on an even keel in this country. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But there are anti-democratic forces hard at work in this country. Mm-hmm. They just tried to overturn a free and fair election, yeah, including the president, and and like men- it's not it's not a hidden secretive thing. It's out in the open, and they're trying as hard as they can to do it. If we don't get democracy reform in place mm-hmm. to programmatically make it everywhere, so they can't do those things, they're going to do those things. Yeah, yeah. What else do you hope for? Uh, well, you know, it's so much more pedestrian. But like, how about affordable health care for yeah. everybody? Yeah. Oh my gosh, that would be good. Yes. Imagine somebody being able to just 
try to start a self-employment scenario or a small business because they don't have to stay in their shitty job at Dollar General because it gives them like some crappy HMO. Yeah. You know what I mean? But that's the only thing they have access to and otherwise they can't afford healthcare. So they stay in that job at Dollar General because Mm -hmm. they have a kid and they can't be without healthcare. Yeah, I'm I'm hopeful that we get more meaningful progress on on healthcare too. And climate change, I think that... I'm hopeful that we actually, I mean, I think that Biden's planning to get back into the Paris Climate Accord immediately, which great, <laughs> you know, but but beyond that, we need a lot more action. Yeah. Um, it's the, it's the, it's the issue of our time, yeah. you know, but I think that we actually have a, a an administration and a Congress, a majority in Congress that actually wants to do something about that. Yep. Um, immigration. I think Biden's un- unveiling an immigration overhaul, uh, Literally tomorrow afternoon. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, whether you can whether you can get Congress to go along with it, it's a different issue. Yeah, but but that's going to be up to us to pressure our representatives to to. And we're looking at you, red support staters. Support these policies. You know, we're looking at the red state. We're looking at everybody. It's important for all of us to be involved in that. Like, yes, that's the, true. You know, I, I. But like our senators are on board. Our senators are on board, but like our representative, he's a Democrat, but he oftentimes kind of like just to- sort of toes the line a little bit and isn't really like, you know, uh, out there as a strong voice. The more no. strong voices we have, yeah. it will matter, you know? So it's it's up to everybody. It's up to every blue state, red state, blue blue district, red district. Sure. Everybody has a play, has a role to play yeah. in, in, uh, in encouraging their representatives to vote for the yeah. things that matter to and them. And you know, like regarding immigration, like, America is unique in the world in that it's a democracy that's not made up chiefly of any one group of native people of a certain ethnicity. Mm. You know what I mean? Like Belgium is made up of Belgians mostly. (laughs) You know what I mean? France is made up of the French. Right. But America is not made up mostly of Native Americans. America is made up of a whole bunch of people from other places. We are really the only nation on earth that is a nation of immigrants. That's it. And we are the only multiracial democracy. And the best way to preserve and strengthen our multiracial democracy is to make it more multiracial. Well, and I think that that's a really good point. Um, we, we follow this uh, this man on Twitter, um, Anand Jiri Haradas, and I hope that I'm saying his name right. Close, yeah. But he's great. Um, he, uh, but he, I saw this little video clip of him. Just, it was the most inspiring clip uh, last week about how. Do you realize how great it is? Basically, that 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 what America's trying to do. We are trying to, like you say, be the first nation on planet Earth to have a functioning multiracial democracy. Yeah. It's never been done before. It's awesome. And it's quite a feat. Yeah. Um, and, and you know, he's right. And I, I I loved the pride with which he spoke about that. You know, like, okay. If it wasn't clear from his name, he's deeply uh, South he's, Asian. He's Indian American. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, I, to hear his pride in that was so in- inspiring to me. You know, like, um, yes, there are so many ways in which America has been just awful <laughs> for centuries. Yeah. Um, but the thing that we're trying to do, the thing that we're setting out to do here is awesome. We have a long ways to go before we are a functioning multiracial democracy. Yeah. Like, yes, we've had democracy in this country since day one, but it was a democracy for wealthy white men. Yeah. And then it was a democracy for uh, for 
white men who yeah. weren't necessarily wealthy. And then, you know, then slowly other people have gotten yeah. added to the equation. We're working our way toward it. Yeah. Um, we're clearly not there yet, no. but it is an awesome thing and it's worth working for. Yeah, it is. Yeah. We've talked so long today. Yeah. Well, you know, it feels <laughs> like we've talked for so long. In point of fact, it's just been another 75-minute episode. Okay. Well, you know, it, it feels, it's been a long it's, four years. Yeah. Seriously. <laughs> and to try to sum it up felt really long. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it felt a lot longer than it's actually been. I feel that way too. Yeah. And you know, I, I'm glad, I'm glad for the opportunity to talk it through because I really think that <sighs> it's important to, it's important to, you know, when, when you're when you're climbing a mountain, I'm going for a metaphor here. Oh yeah. You know, like when you've been going up and up and up and every step you take, you've got to pay attention to where you're stepping because the trail is narrow and there's a bluff off to the side and there's, you know, rocks you don't want to turn your ankle. You're you're focused on that immediate the immediacy of, of every step forward. Mm-hmm. It's really important when you reach a place where you can look back and see the vista of Maybe where you've come. Maybe it's a meadow. Maybe you see, yeah. Maybe or you, you arrive at a meadow. Or I'm thinking more of like a, a, a promontory. So, oh. you know, where you can see where you've come from and you can see the progress you've made and you can see how hard it was to get to where you are. Like, that's where we are right now. I think we're on we're on a promontory. I love it. Of a, on Inauguration Day. You know, it's important to look back and see all that we've done to get ourselves and each other through the last four years. Also, holy, don't rest in the meadow. Holy hell, it's been hard. Also, don't rest in the meadow. Yeah, got to keep going. Got to keep going. Yes. But let's turn the page and let's look toward what's ahead. And I'm I'm glad for the opportunity to do that today. So. And let's not, let us never speak of this again. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's possible or even uh, appropriate. No. But yeah. Yeah. Right anyway. on. Y'all, thanks for listening. Yeah, you know, and uh, Misfit Stars, we would love to hear your uh, reflections uh, on this turning of the page. Also, please uh, get a conversation going in the group, post in the group what your thoughts are. Uh, we mm-hmm. would love to hear from you. We would. And we'll be back next week where we're all going to have a new president, those of us who live in the United States. Wow, how exciting. <laughs> hey, let's be real. People who live in other countries are also going to have a new American president. <laughs> well, that's true, Because that's how America works. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that's going to be exciting. And uh, and until then, you know, take really good care of yourselves. If you are a listener and not yet a member of Misfit Stars, we'd love for you to join our community. Go to misfitstars.com slash join. You'll be getting something good for yourself uh, by becoming a member of this amazing community. And you'll also be helping us. Yes. Thank, thank you. Thank you very much. And uh, that's it. Have a good week, y'all. Love you guys. See you soon. Bye.